Warning, this podcast contains mature themes, coarse language, and hella spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Love and Horror, a podcast about opposing film genres and the women who love them. I'm Deanne, and I love horror. And I'm Laura, and I love romance and drama. And I don't have a notebook. It's just on the end table. Um, Also, this book just smells weird now. I don't know. (laughs) I think I'm just having like ultra sensitive like smell time. You know what I learned? um, Because I also feel like I'm having ultra sensitive smell time lately. (laughs) Um, It's a symptom of perimenopause. Oh, okay. Okay. Because does this book smell weird to you? It smells booky. Like the oldest library book you've ever found? Not, not quite. Like, it smells like paper. It smells like when you unwrap a ream of paper. Okay, because I just noticed it like last night and I was like, do I have to get a new notebook because I cannot handle this? Hmm. I went into my spare room yesterday, which we keep closed up. Like, we yeah. store a few things in there and yeah. like, if we have company. Um, and there is a smell in there that I'm mm. like, the type of smell that it is makes no sense for what is in the room. So I'm the like, well, that's... smell makes no sense. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll be here all day. <laughs> um, I'm like, going to have to um, just tear the room apart because I don't, yeah. I don't know what it could possibly be. I know. I have an under-the-sink smell, too, that I, like, cleaned the entire, mm. like, under-the-sink. And then I was like, now it's done. And I woke up this morning, and I was like, nope. Still there. It's I don't like, smell anything. If okay, that's good. It was like that, um, that like, one, like, TikTok, where it's, like, it, like, it makes, like, the window sound, like, do, 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 do. Oh, bonk. Yes. It's like, yeah. that is exactly <laughs> how that under-the-sink smell uh, felt. But anyway, this is episode 49. 49. The, uh... The sensitive smell time. <laughs> um, so I have to start off this episode with an apology and a confession. Oh shit! Here we go. The apology is: Did anybody actually listen to the last episode and listen to me ramble on about potatoes for twenty <laughs> fucking minutes? What? I don't remember it being that bad. I felt I was. I only just was listening to this to the last episode today, <laughs> and I'm like, how long did I talk about fucking mashed potatoes? There was. <laughs> there was. Like, this is the most boring story I have ever told. There was some part. I don't think it was a potato thing, but there was some part that I definitely cut where I was like. This goes on for a little bit too yeah, long. I'm feel taking free this to up. cut my bullshit anytime. Because I, I was I like, do, but, but the potatoes part definitely didn't feel like okay, Frodo or Samwise. I get it. Like you like potatoes. I was seriously listening to it, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and this is like one of our most listened to episodes oh, so is far. It? So uh, oh. anyway, um, and then the confession. These are my confessions. Um. I have, like, a really embarrassing confession about the last episode. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, I didn't know. I already know what you're going to say. And through the entire episode, I was like, is she? Should I? Mm?" (laughs) Yeah. Let's see if we're on on the same same track. I I think there's only one thing this could be, so I'm sure (laughs) we're on the same page. But until you were talking about it and giving your little intro and talking about who stars in it and stuff, 
I didn't know that they were all the same dude. How though? I don't know. I'm like a little face blind at the best of times, but like I, I didn't, I, all of them, I was like, there is something unsettling about their faces Mm -hmm. and uncanny a little bit. Yeah. But I truly didn't actually, I thought a couple of them might be the same guy. Yeah. But I didn't put it together that it was all the same guy. So when we were talking in in the podcast, did you connected or not? Well, because you you, listened- you in the very intro when yeah, you're yeah. like it was made in 2022 yeah. and it was starring Jesse whatever and yeah. Rory Kinnear and Rory Kinnear and Rory Kinnear. I'm like, yeah. in that moment, I was like, oh shit, yeah, of course, oh, obviously. Okay. And then I'm like, that's so obvious that like I can't actually admit that I. And oh, it's okay, been like a bugging me for. Because yeah, then you didn't now. say anything because I I f- thought for sure there would be like a moment of like and then I realized they were like all the same guy and then you didn't say anything and I was like, well I don't want to like insult your intelligence by being like you know they're all the same guy right? Well I do now. <laughs> yeah, I totally Aww. didn't catch that while I was That's watching. Amazing. It. So yeah, I love it. So there's my little corrections corner and apology and fantastic a, and a confession. Oh man, and I was like. Like, there's no reason I couldn't just play along with this and make it seem like, yeah, I totally knew that all along, but I'm like, everybody has to know Uh, the bullshit that happens in my brain, so I I thought you'd appreciate that. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, how have your couple weeks been? Any exciting developments or? Um, not really. I went to uh, Nuit Blanche last night. How was it? Um... I came to the same conclusion I always come to when I go to an art thing. I don't like modern art. I don't either. And I feel like a fucking plebe for saying that. But it's like, all art is like so subjective. Like yes. It's like, if that's what you appreciate, like I'm not saying that like you don't know art or, you know, I feel a little bit like a an old lady for being like, I don't like art that doesn't look like art or whatever. Like everything is art. Like it's yes, whatever. Yeah. It's totally Art cool. is in the eye of the beholder. For sure. And like, I will never like deride someone for like getting a grant to like make that right. art. Like what, you know, it's, it's all totally cool. And we all like different kinds of art, but your personal taste, there was a piece last night that was just a girl sitting on a blanket boiling a kettle of water. And it was probably some deep commentary about something. And it was like, <clears throat> and she would like boil it and then put it, like she had one of those like gooseneck kettles on like a, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, not a Bunsen burner. Like, like a, a hot, hot plate. plate. Yeah. And then she'd pour the water into a pot and then she took the pot and I think, I, I walked away after a walk so I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then when I came back, I kind of like caught like a little bit more of the performance and I think then she took the pot, which is like a kind of like a cast, uh, like a, an enamel kind of oh, pot. Yeah. And then with the hot water in it, I, she had this blanket spread out and I feel like she was ironing the blanket. And then when, when the water got like too cold, she'd pour it back in the kettle and, you know, start over again. Hmm. But like while she was waiting for the, for the water to boil, she was just kind of like sitting on the grass, like watching it boil. And I was like, is your other exhibit watching paint dry? Right. Like... The artist is never going to listen to this, but if you do, like, I just didn't get your art, and that doesn't mean that your art is bad, like, right. whatever, it's totally cool, but I was like, what yeah. is? And then I ran into, like, a friend there, and we were talking, and she's like, what do you think? And I was like, and it was, like, one of my smart friends, so I didn't want to just be like, <laughs> I didn't get it, because they weren't painting, but <laughs> that's what art is. 
And uh, and she was like, and I was like, well, like, I hate to say it, but like, I don't really like modern art. And she was like, yes, me neither. And I was like, I was at the Tate Modern in in London a few years ago, and one of the exhibits was just a room with coiled up rope. I felt like I was in the utility closet, but that was one of the pieces. And it's like, I saw another thing at the Glenbow in Calgary that was just like shelves of little mason jars. And the mason jars had like, this one had nails in it, and this one had some thread in it, and this one had chalk in it. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, I just, I don't. Yeah. What What is this? Um. Yeah, like, I, I know I always feel... What you when you asked me if I was going to it, um, and I had conflicting plans. Otherwise, I totally would have gone. Even though I know that I don't really get modern art, and yeah. I'm not really into it. But it's like it's a cool thing that's happening in our city. I'd like to go and yeah, support it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when you you sounded kind of surprised that I didn't know about it, and I was like, that's not my jam. Mm. It's not. Yeah, and I mean, I. And it always makes me feel not smart yeah. that I'm that I'm like, I like art in that like I can appreciate a pretty painting and I totally like even abstract art. Yeah. I I get it and I yeah. and I can appreciate it and um, I maybe have been guilty in the past of saying things like oh I could do that or a five year old could do that or whatever and I've really definitely seen and read and heard some things in recent years that have totally changed my perspective on that. Yeah. Um, so I can appreciate that, that art is art and, and it is in the eye of the artist and the eye of the beholder. But I do feel often like, I feel like I'm not smart cause I don't appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing that I've heard in the past that, that has kind of like, you know, in recent years that's yeah. resonated with me is like the thing that makes it art is Sure, a five-year-old could do this if you gave them the right tools or whatever, but they didn't. Yeah. The artist created this. Yes. And that is where the art is, is in the fact that it actually, I could say, oh, I I could, I could make that. Yeah. But um, you didn't. But I didn't. Yeah. But I didn't. Yeah. Um, When we were in Halifax um, and I got to see the Maude Lewis stuff Mm. like that, I really, like, I really felt something from that. Yeah. Um, And it's such a such a like there's such a sweetness and an earnestness to her paintings yeah um and there was another exhibit in that same um gallery that was somebody who had made all these beautiful rugs like um they were all framed and stuff but it was made with like I think like a punch needle kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they were beautiful scenes of all these little very um there's a name for the uh, salt box houses um, that are like very East Coast, like a, just oh, okay. a really simple little house, like oh, okay. out on a rock on the oh, water yeah. and stuff. Okay. And they were beautiful. Yeah. Her name was Deanne. I can't remember oh. what her last name was. Um, I'll show you pictures. I took yeah. some pictures of them, but yeah. And it was all very like kind of abstracty, but you could tell what they were. Yeah. And I yeah. I just I I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it it is a weird thing to get through your head that like. It's okay not to understand and for not sure. to like that. Yes. There are there is yeah. an audience for that stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm the audience for the more traditional. traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, it's like I think it's Banksy that's been quoted as saying, "Like art is what you get away with." Like, yeah, like if some rich guy is going to pay you to like tape a banana to the wall, fucking get a bag. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. for sure. 
Yeah, but then there were other cool pieces, like, because it's all supposed to happen, like, at night, and there's, like, light is supposed to play an element in it, so mm. um, the local, uh, like, pole dancing and aerial, aerial arts uh, yeah. group was there, and so they had, like, their... Um, I think it's called a lira, like the like the hoop thing that they that they use. It was all like lit up, and the oh, girls cool. all had like glitter and lights in their costumes oh, and whatnot. Nice. And then yeah, the, I would have liked to see that. Yeah, and then the one that I really liked was by a local artist called Carly Kloss, and she made I think it's called Moving Forest, and so she basically made. Essentially, it felt like those like, um, like camp showers that you can put like behind your like RV where it's oh like, yeah. A hula hoop with like yeah. a like a like a shower a curtain. Sho- yeah, a shower curtain around it. It was done square, but kind of like on the same thing. And then she had a person go like inside it, and it was all like lit up from the inside with like leaves all around it. And it just kind of like walked around the park. Mm. And so when I first saw it, I was like, "Is it a ghost?" Because it was all white. <laughs> and then I went up. I was like, "Oh, okay, no, it's called like moving forest." And oh, it was cool. really like kind of spooky and ethereal, and mm. I really liked it. But yeah, and then. There were other things where I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I get that. Yeah. So I was glad I went because, yeah, it's nice to, like, appreciate something mm-hmm. that happens in the city where only football ever happens. Right. So, yeah, it was fun. They had, like, a decent turnout and That's it was good. nice to just, like, see something happening downtown in this yes. city. Yeah. So that was good. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't, uh. I didn't, it wasn't like the best, even like my, my friend that I went with, she was like, it's a bit like lower key than I was expecting. Mm. And yeah, just kind of like, kind of weird. So (laughs) whatever. Well, but yeah, always nice to see things happening in the city. Yeah, for sure. So even after that review, if they did it again and I was free, I would go. Yeah, for sure. Because like, you know, the artists change all the time. So yeah. Like, you know, who yeah. knows what, what the next thing, could what be. the next thing would be. Yeah, for sure. So right on. Yeah. Got any, uh, cool stories? <laughs> I <laughs> worked really hard in the last week. Oh, a couple years ago, we brought home this old antique China cabinet from my husband's grandpa's farm. They were oh. pushing the farmhouse down and this was just going to get left in the basement and pushed down with it. Cause it was pretty beat up and raggedy, but I'm like, this is like a hundred year old China cabinet and it's got so much like soul somehow to it. Yeah. Uh, So we dragged it home. Oh. And it's been sitting either in our basement or our garage for like two years getting in the way with me saying someday, someday, someday I'm going to refinish this. So this week was someday. I started last weekend. I sanded and sanded and it was, the the wood wasn't in good enough shape to just like restain it and keep Mm, the wood. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who refinish antiques would be like, you put paint on wood? How Mm. dare you? But I did. I I sanded it and then I primed it and I painted it this really pretty like antique blue color. Oh, nice. And uh, it turned out so pretty and I'm so glad I painted it. It looks so nice. So yeah, it's I, it was a lot of work, but it's now in my living room, all oh, filled yay. up with china that's been stuffed under the spare bed for oh. quite a while. So yeah, it was a big now job. You can get out I'm... all your china and do china stuff with it. <laughs> well, you know, we've had this set of china for a long time that for a long time was crammed into this really like tall, skinny curio cabinet. And it was stacked really precariously mm. and really like crammed in there. Yeah. So if you wanted to, because I'm like... Use your china. Yeah. Like, it's 
meant to be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so impractical to get in and out of uh, it. And I, this now, the way that I've, I've got it, like, set up pretty and decorative in mm-hmm. there. But it's easy enough to get into that, like, I could use some pieces from it. Oh, and okay. I intend to. So That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. But I, like, this is the first place I've ever lived that has a dishwasher. And now that I have one, mm. like, washing a single dish by hand just seems like, like a just Herculean task. So... I um, have, like, I would just want to put everything in the dishwasher yeah. at all times. Like, I have, like, a, a cup and, and saucer that I use that's, like, not even Royal Dalton, not even Royal Albert. It's Queen Anne. Like, oh, it's, wow. it's nothing. But it's got, like, that, that gold trim on yeah. it. And it's like, nope, that can't go in the dishwasher. So I'll use it, and then it'll sit on the cabinet for, like, <laughs> 10 days before I wash it. Um, my mom, my mom's always collected random china at garage sales and any if if it's pretty it's coming home with her and so for years she's got like a lot that are on like plate hangers that hang on her walls as decor and stuff but she had stacks of it in the basement and in the garage and stuff that were never never gonna get hung never anything gonna happen with them and so she started using them she switched out all of her plates and she just has random mismatched china and that's what their everyday plates are cool with if they have gold trim or not everything goes in the dishwasher and then when it gets worn out or broken another piece can replace it and it's like it's fair at least it's getting used Mm -hmm. and sure the dishwasher might wreck it eventually but at least it lived out its life and isn't just collecting dust in a stagnant basement that's true yeah for sure. Yeah. Especially something like that. Like it's meant to be used. Yes. Like it's, yeah. it is a work of art. Yes. But yes. it's, it's like a, like I, you know, as like a crafter, I prefer my craft to be like usable. Yes. Like have like yeah. a, I don't know, like. Like a function? Function. That's the word I'm looking <laughs> for. Like I like like functional art and functional yes. craft. Yeah. So, you know, there's people I know who like, oh, I like hand knit this like insane ridiculous thing and it's like but what do you do with it like yeah. I would rather put like my time and effort into knitting a sweater with really cool like design elements or colors in it that like is creative but then at the end of the day you still have a sweater to yeah. wear I make afghans more than anything that's my favorite mm-hmm. thing to make is afghans and I've gifted countless afghans mm-hmm. to people and it's like use this yeah like it it I I've been gifted quilts and stuff that I'm like we use these quilts Absolutely. because they yeah. were like, yeah, I feel like having quilts that you can never use is just, it, it doesn't, I don't know, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like there's, yeah, like it's, it's beautiful and like there's a lot of work that went into it, but if it's just going to get like folded away and put into a, yeah. a cabinet for like, then it's like the, the maker's time has been wasted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there, there are some. Like, there's a couple quilts that we have that were handmade that are beautiful. And, like, I'll use them maybe not quite to the extent that I'd use, like, a... Like, I'm not going to let the dogs sleep on yeah, them, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, like, I'll cover up with them or whatever. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's what they're used for. Like, yeah, exactly. so precious about it. Exactly. So, yeah. Because then when I die, what's going to happen? Like, they're all going to get sent to Valley Village anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was, like, I was talking with a friend whose uh, dad just passed away. And so we were talking about, like... You know, she was like, I don't really like want the ashes. Like, is that bad? And I was like, as a single person who like, she's very much in the same boat as me, like probably always going to be single. It's like, if you have an urn of ashes, what happens with them when you die? Yeah. Like I have. We'll scatter them somewhere. Yeah. But like, I really shouldn't do that. And so it's like, I have ashes of like my mom and my dad and my grandma and my cat. And it's like, 
I kind of wish I don't. I didn't have them. Yeah. Because now it's just like a thing that I have that I don't know what to do with. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not giving that to Value Village. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Bury them all with you. Yeah. You, right. If you go before me, I'll cremate you and I'll okay. put you all in the same. Fantastic. Hole. Just make a great big uh, jambalaya of ashes. <laughs> On that note, should we talk about some movies? (laughs) I think we should, yes. (laughs) So we had a Paul Rudd theme this week. Paul Rudd extravaganza. (laughs) So this leads me to a a movie-related question before we actually start talking about our movies. This is the second, like, Laura crush actor that we've done an episode on. We've had Justin Long, and now we've had Paul Rudd. Yeah. What's an actor that you love? We need to, like, have a Deanne-centric episode. I don't know if I really... Put your thinking cat on. Yeah, put my thinking cat on. I'm trying to think right now. It's like, maybe there's someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Justin Long, I don't have a crush on. I just like him. Yeah. Paul Rudd, hella crush. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... uh, Legit, like teenage girl crushing oh, okay. on a yeah. on a actor. So, oh. um, yeah, think about it, okay. and we'll we'll because oh. I think we're running to close to the end of our pre-planned movie, so we're gonna have to plot some out. Yeah, for... I think we've got to the like the end of the year plus three. Yeah, I think have, so. We have something special in the new year for y'all. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> uh, okay, so for Paul Rudd, I had you watch. Our idiot brother. Mm-hmm. Did you know anything about it? I don't think I'd even heard of this movie. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about it. And I feel like after we conclude this, it'll be like, and I wish I still hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, Our Idiot Brother was released in 2011, written and directed by Jesse Peretz. Um, it stars Paul Rudd, Elizabeth Banks, Zoe Deschanel, Rashida Jones, Emily Mortimer, Adam Scott, Steve Coogan, TJ Miller, Catherine Hahn, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It had a budget of $5 million and grossed $25.9 million. Wow. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 70% with a 51% audience score and a Metacritic of 60 with a 6.4 user. I have a couple reviews here. Um, the reviews were quite positive for yeah. this movie, but a lot of them, this this is a similar theme that's run through a lot of my movies mm-hmm. that I've picked is like, it's all about the actor. For like, sure. Like, the movie would have, like, there's a lot of, of, like, this movie wouldn't have worked without Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Um, in the reviews. Mm-hmm. So the Chicago Tribune said, Rudd brings color and dimension to a borderline simpleton schlub who could have easily become a one-note cliche. Mm. Uh, Roger Ebert said, this movie wouldn't work without Paul Rudd. This movie is so nice. Its hero is so sweet. His sisters consider him such an idiot. His sisters are so correct. (laughs) He is an idiot in the sense that he doesn't lie or cheat. He doesn't calculate the odds on getting away with things. He trusts people. He always tells the truth. Uh, Wasn't there a study proving that human society would collapse if we didn't lie? No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, then that's all I captured for reviews because they were all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do have a few fun facts, not a ton for this one, um, but why don't you give me a synopsis? Okay. So our idiot brother is about Ned, the only quote-unquote unsuccessful person in a family full of people who seemingly have their lives in order. When Ned goes to jail for selling weed to a cop, he loses his girlfriend, his house, his job, and his dog, Willie Nelson. 
Ned moves from sibling to sibling, contrasting his life with theirs. The quote-unquote lesbian sister who got pregnant after a one-night stand. The frazzled helicopter parent sister whose marriage is falling apart. And the workaholic sister with a less-than-strict moral code. Through his innocent, doofy ways, Ned wreaks a bit, a bit of havoc in each sibling's life and sets in motion some necessary change. Ned learns the city is not for him, and he moves back to his small town, opens a candle business with his ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, and meets a potential partner whose dog is named Dolly Parton, signifying that she is the one. Obviously. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess all of my fun facts probably can get sprinkled in. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell me your thoughts? Okay. So we start out seeing uh, Ned in his little, like, farmer's market, and he's, like, selling stuff, and he's just, like, you can tell right away he's just, like, salt of the earth. Like, yeah. The little girl is, like, trying a strawberry from his booth, and then they go away, and he's like, hey, little girl, come back. And he, like, gives her a little, like, thing of strawberries, because she just, like, liked them so much. <laughs> and then this cop shows up, and he's like, hey, uh, could you uh, help me out with something? I'm like feeling pretty down lately. I wonder if you could, you know, get me anything. And then he finally, like, gets Ned to sell him weed. And, like, as soon as the cop, like, started talking, I was like, he's going to fucking entrap him for fucking weed. Yep. So then I was just like, ugh, cab. <laughs> but then, yeah, with his, like, uh, with his, like, rhubarb or whatever, he, like, slides him a bag of weed. And then the cop instantly is like, you're under arrest. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, it makes me so mad. Also, like, it was 2011 when this movie came out, and it's like, it's fucking weed. Like, yeah. Come on. And you, like, practically pried it out of his hands. Right? Um, yeah. Actually, that is my f the first of my fun facts, because I've gone back and forth with whether or not that's entrapment. Um, oh, like, yeah. By legal definition. Yeah. Because I've watched this. This is one of those, like, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch oh, okay. it kind of yeah. movies. Um. So I've seen it a handful of times yeah. and yeah, I've always gone like, but isn't that entrapment? And so as I was like researching facts and yeah. stuff about the movie, I came up with like two very distinct, like sounding very official, like people know what they're mm, talking okay. about, but conflicting answers. So oh, I still don't actually know, but um, what I found so was one of the comments said in the first scene in which the policeman arrests Rudd for selling marijuana. Since the policeman asked Rudd for it, it would be considered an entrapment and therefore uh, not a legal ar arrest. Huh. And I'm like, so when I read that, I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. And then as I kept going, so my my next note is, or is it? Because yeah. then it says, um, it's not entrapment if the suspect knows he's dealing with an officer of the law. The police officer was wearing his uniform, which is more than sufficient notice to the criminal so there was no actual entrapment so if he had been uh, in plain clothes, plain clothes or something yeah then then you could have called it entrapment but because mm -hmm. he was blatantly yes giving... like, like you know that's a fucking cop yeah yeah, yeah. which is just why you should never fucking talk to cops <laughs> um so then we kind of we move from that where like paul rudd is going to jail for like i don't i don't know how long he's in jail but like yeah, not he's not just like overnight like long enough to lose his entire life. I think it was like four months or something like that. When he goes okay. back to the farm, I think he says something about four months oh, or six okay, months okay. or something. So it wasn't terribly long, but it yeah. was long enough. Like, I feel like this was like his first offense. Because it's not like, oh, like back to jail this for again. you, Ned. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, like, and I'm not even like, ooh, that's pretty like unrealistic. Because like that shit fucking happens. Yeah. And it's like, the literally like 
He is a local farmer. He is at the farmer's market and he sold you a bit of weed and now he's going to jail. Like, yeah. get absolutely fucked. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we move from that and you see kind of like all the other like people in the movie, kind of like little vignettes of their life. And it's like, Rashida Jones, what are those glasses? <laughs> what are those glasses? I yeah. just, I don't like, and I realize like people, like other people like wear those glasses now, but it's like, did we all forget who Jeffrey Dahmer was? Because <laughs> I see those glasses and that is all I can oh, think is Jeffrey Dahmer. I just think of my grandpa because he wore that style of glasses his I whole mean, life. I mean, yeah, like so did like my dad and like my uncle and stuff, but it's like there are other frames. Yeah. It just. This, that was very much a we are trying to make Rashida Jones look like a lesbian. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, it was like, nope, I am not down with those glasses. <laughs> um, and then I love how like once Ned gets out of jail and he kind of like goes back to the house and he's trying to like sort out his life. You can tell that they're all like weed smoking hippies. Cause they all call each other man a lot. Man. <laughs> yeah. I was just like so many people just calling each other, man. TJ then- Miller was like made for that. Oh role. yeah. Although he was, um, apparently Chris Pratt was supposed to be cast in that. Oh, role. interesting. Yeah. Like, Pre Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think Chris so. Pratt, yeah, which I could like see. Parks and Rec. Par- Chris yes, Pratt. yeah, 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 yeah. When when T J Miller was first on screen, I was like, "Is that little Dicky?" And it's like, "Oh, no. I had to like look it up." And I was like, "Oh no, it's T J Miller." Um, who I don't know any details, but I've heard in the ethers that he is problematic. So, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. We just assume everybody is at this point yeah. in time. Yeah. Except Paul Red, please never be problematic. <laughs> Cross my fingers. <laughs> um, so then we see all the like people that we've seen in these little like vignettes all at like a dinner table, and I was like, "Oh, these people all know each other." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, they're all related." Yeah. Okay. So Ned is just gonna like stay at his mom's house for a little bit, and it's like kind of like get to like the end of the night where they've had this dinner, and then everyone just kind of like pisses off like real quick and he's like oh we're not gonna like have family time or anything okay and then he goes to bed at the end of the night and it's like is your mom tucking you in like what is your mom with the the glass of wine that is like practically stapled to her hand at all times every scene it's like if she was like a barbie that came with like her own accessories (laughs) it would be like with wine glass there would be like a hole in her hand and a peg in the glass of wine (laughs) 100% there would be yeah some people have almond mums. Some people have wine mums. What's an almond mom? Oh, are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Here, I have some almonds for you. Oh, geez. I'm going to need more than a handful yeah. of almonds to tide me over till dinner Oh, time. I was starving, but I had three almonds, so I, I'm good now. You're not. You're just lying to yourself. Almonds are great, but like... Yeah. So is a fucking sandwich. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Ned leaves his mom's house because he's like, I don't want to get up at the crack of dawn to go button shopping with you. So it's all good. I'll just go on to like my next sibling's house. And he goes to sister number one, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, the first one he goes to is... The one who's married to Steve Coogan. Yeah. He goes uh, to their her, house. Emily Mortimer is her, yeah. her actress name. Shit, I can't remember her character. So yeah. So he goes to their house and they're very like... Like, their kid has to, like, get into the best kindergarten. Yeah. So they're, like, teaching him. The Shania. The Shania, yeah. And, like, all these, like, super, like, enriching things. And he's, like, just, like, 
I just want to like learn karate in the back in the backyard. Yeah, you know? like, I just, just want to be do, a like, kid. Fun shit. So the poor kid is just like so miserable. Like Ned's like, yeah, I'll kind of like be like the nanny and stuff, and I'll like help out with him, and then I'll like help the husband out with his documentary. So he's taking River, the kid, to uh, his like interpretive dance class, and he's just like like motioning like the dance, and you can tell this kid is just like please just kill me. Yeah. Like, I just want to go to like a park, you yeah. know? Yeah. So yeah. So he takes him, he takes him like back home and then we go to the next sister who is Zoe Deschanel, whose name I also can't remember. <laughs> Natalie. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Nat. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she's like a, I feel like she's like one of those people that probably has like a million jobs. Cause she also has like a million, uh, roommates. Yeah. Just like the shittiest apartment. Yeah. It's just like, there's just a lot going on. I know people like that. And it's like, don't you like just like hanging out in your house though? Like yeah. in the quiet for a while? Like I just, yeah, that's too yeah. much chaos. Totally. So she's uh, uh, an artist's model and they're like chatting after one of the sessions. And he's like, uh, you should come to one of my sustainable upgrade courses. And as soon as he said it, I was like, that is a cult. Cult. Get cult. the fuck out of there. Call your dad. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, is that, is that uh, a cult? And I was like, oh, okay, good. At least she agrees. And she's not like, tell me more about it. But then later in the movie, she shows up to yeah. it. And it's like, damn it. <laughs> so close. And then we start to kind of see how much um, Ned is just like so like... It's almost like he's Amish and has, like, <laughs> never, like, been in the big city. He's, yeah. like, on, like, the train and, like, counting his, like, stack right? of cash. Yes. And it's, like, dude, like, it's one thing to sell weed to a cop in your, like, upstate, like, small town. But you're on, like, the New York City subway. Don't, like, just count cash. And hand your wad of cash to a stranger? Because you've been holding a cup of coffee between your knees? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Um, you know how, like, my, my uh, all my social media stuff is all calamity, Laura. He's totally calamity now. He is. Absolutely. Could, you guys should, like, get together and... Okay. Make uh, little... Candles. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> is that what the kids are calling it today? We're just yes. making candles. Yes, I see euphemisms. So then he has a meeting with his uh, his parole officer. Yeah. So he has to go there every three weeks. And, like, he doesn't even seem to understand, like, what a parole officer Which does. Which furthers the, like, this has to have been his first yes. offense. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's like, oh, this is nice. This is, like, therapy I get every couple of weeks. <laughs> and the parole officer is like, get the fuck out of my office. The parole officer is played by Sterling K. Brown, mm -hmm. who was on This Is Us. Okay. So, like, he was, like, nobody at that time, and now he's this huge, like, everybody knows him oh, actor. I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah. Well, oh. I don't, you didn't watch This Is Us, did you? No. No. I couldn't picture it being your jam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the funniest fucking part happened to the point where I had to pause the movie <laughs> to keep laughing. <laughs> he's. He's with his parole officer. I totally know where this is going. <laughs> and he's, he's like making him do like a piss test. And so he's like sitting there like watching him. So he makes sure it's like, he's like actually getting like his. <laughs> like 
out of place. <laughs> and he has the cup and he's like, he goes to like, <laughs> he goes she to can't like, even breathe, folks. He goes to like throw his You know what? I'm glad that it made you laugh like that. That's excellent. I was like not expecting that. And it was just like, it was like the kind of joke that like felt almost out of place in that movie because nothing else was that like ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. So for anyone that couldn't catch that. So he's like taking a urine test. And then he can't go, and he and he, it's like the cup that he's trying to pee in is empty, but he like takes it and he like throws it at his parole officer, and his parole officer like freaks out, and he's like, "No, it's okay, man, it's empty." And it just caught me last night, and this it clearly morning, caught you today too. And oh my god, it was just so fucking funny. Oh jeez. <laughs> Do you need a minute to catch your breath there? I will be okay now. <laughs> oh my god, it's Excellent. so good. Um, yeah, I wrote like legit lols. <laughs> um, so now sister number three, uh, Elizabeth Banks, who I feel like isn't a good fit in this movie. Oh, there's. I just feel like she doesn't. I don't know. There's something about her where I'm like. I don't know who I want in this role, mm. but like it's not Elizabeth Banks. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's because her hair is brown. And it's like why? You used to seeing her blonde. Yeah, what is going on here? There's some activity going on outside your apartment right now. It's uh, downstairs or upstairs. I don't know. Either way, shut the fuck up. Um, Elizabeth Banks and Paul Red play siblings in this movie. Um, They played a couple in the movie role models and Wet Hot American Summer. So this is like their third... Oh, yeah. um, ...pairing. Have we watched role models? No. Okay. But we have watched Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Role models is not good. No, no. I didn't enjoy it. Okay, Really. that's fair. It was like a not a I can't get this time back kind of thing. It was just like a, well, that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Elizabeth Banks is, like, she works for Vanity Fair, and she's kind of got her first, like, big assignment where she has to interview this, like, socialite or something, Lady Arabella. (laughs) And uh, so it's at this point where Ned is being the sister's, uh, like, chauffeur, essentially, and just kind of driving her around as she needs to go to events with Lady Arabella, and he gets invited to this, like... Gala or something yeah. that he's doing that, that Lady Arabella is involved with. And he's like, yeah, like, far out. I'll go to that. Like, <laughs> super sick. And so, <laughs> and he, like, gets on with Lady Arabella, like, really, really well. I think she probably, like, finds him refreshing because he's just so, like, earnest and salt of the earth. No so, agenda. Like, yeah. Everybody that talks to her has an agenda. Yeah. Everyone in that family has an agenda. Yeah. He's just like, I just want a vibe. It's yeah. totally cool. So they're just, like, chilling out, like, talking kind of, like, into, like to, like, the end of this event, basically. 
And then they, like, get in the elevator, presumably to leave. And he's like, hey, like, do you want to go out with me sometime? <laughs> and she's like, no, that's okay. And he's like, okay. And he's just so like, yeah, shoot my yeah. shot. It didn't happen. Whatever. Which move on. feels like it should just be how life works. Like, For sure. There shouldn't be so much pressure on a, like, hey, we had a good chat and connected. Want to go out? No? Okay, fine. Okay, no problem. Like, I no. didn't have my entire life hanging on this moment yeah like no no like skin off my back like whatever i hope we can still yeah. be friends and like just chill out again yeah bye <laughs> yeah so kind of th- throughout the entire movie he's trying to get willie nelson back from his from his girlfriend on the farm because she's just like i fucking hate janet i gotta say <laughs> oh yeah she's she is the worst. just she is just off i can't even like I couldn't even, like, quit put my finger on, like, why do I hate this woman? I don't know. But I just, she's just being, like, mean for no reason. Because yeah. clearly she doesn't give a shit about Willie Nelson. Yeah. And she's, like, it's because she's so, her actual personality is so juxtaposed to her, like, what she's trying to be. Like, Which is such a fucking hippie thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm all about, like, peace and love until I can fuck you over. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, I just do not care for her and the way she always tries to keep Willie Nelson from Ned. It's not fair. So Natalie's girlfriend is a lawyer, and so she's helping uh, Ned, like, try to find a way to get this dog back from Janet. And she's like, here's what we got to do. Like, one, that's your dog. And you just need to, like, be more assertive and just walk in and be like, Janet, that's my dog. I'm taking him with me. And so... I'm taking the dog. Yeah. Well, yes, okay. And then my (laughs) next line is, like, this is, like... Legally Blonde. Yeah. This is the exact subplot to <laughs> Legally Blonde. 100%. Yeah. I'm taking the dog. <laughs> yeah. So I, I appreciate that we like watched it in that order. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then he's at, they go, I, then I think it's Elizabeth Banks again. Uh, whoever her character is. I don't know. I don't know anyone's Beth, fucking I name. Think? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They all have names that aren't Ned, and Ned's the only one that stands out to <laughs> He's me. He's the only one that matters. Yeah. And Willie Nelson. And Willie Nelson. Gotta love Willie Nelson. So they're at, like, a yogurt shop or something, and they're, like, chatting, and Elizabeth Banks does this thing where, like, I feel like it's to, it was, like, done to, like, put her in, like, where you kind of look at it and be like, oh, you're being a cunt. And it's like, she's not really, though, but, like, I had to stop myself and be like, no, she's not doing anything bad. She had, like, ordered something. And the, the, like, yogurt shop guy had, like, given it to her. And she's like, ooh, I asked for it this way oh, and not this way. Yeah. And, like, I watched it and I was like, don't oh, get over yourself. And it's like, no. No, you ordered what she you ordered. She ordered it and that's what she wanted. Yeah. And, but it's like, you know, in comparison to Ned where he's just like, right on, man, I guess this is what I'm eating today. Sick. I'm allergic to this. I don't care. That's what you wanted to make me. The universe yeah. wanted me to eat this. Okay. And so he's like, he's like, oh, could I try, like, this thing? Or, like, do you have a sample of this? And there is a part. And this is, like... This is like my legacy because this is what I like pick out in all the movies. He says, what about the acai berry? Could I try that one? It is all 80 yard and it is 80 yard so poorly. (laughs) Basically just like his mouth is just open and then he just puts in acai berry. And it's like, could he, did he not like know how to say acai berry? We're like all the takes like fucked up and they didn't realize until editing and they're like hey can you come in for like 30 seconds go in this booth booth just say like acai berry like five times we'll pick the best one and we'll throw it in there yeah or it even could have been like that's maybe right around when acai berry got so like 
popular so he maybe asked for something else and and oh. they swapped it out for that or something i don't know big sie has uh money in this <laughs> yikes yeah it was like it was like i watched it and i was like did that just ha- i had to like rewind it and i was like That's yeah that is like super 80 yard in there so funny because all the times <laughs> i've seen this i've never noticed that yeah it's the same as like i didn't notice Five guys with the same face. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to cut you off yeah. for a second before you start again. Apparently, I just go through the world like Ned. Yeah, <laughs> just in my own little world. Just taking everything at face value. Oh, it's a blue dog that wants my, my credit card. Well, that seems okay. Put in the number there. Here's the pin number. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Liz, I have written here. Liz oh, yes. is the, the one sister who's married and has, uh, has the kids. And her husband is uh, a filmmaker and he's making a movie about this ballerina when he's like clearly fucking this ballerina. Yeah. And Ned is like helping him. But he's like, oh, you have to stay here and guard the car for this, for this scene. You can't come up. And like you see like the scene change from like day to night. So like the, like, the guy is like with this ballerina like all fucking day and it's just like reading a book yeah in just the car. chilling in the car so like, okay fine whatever i'm just golden retriever it's yeah cool. <laughs> yes he is the epitome of golden retriever yeah. energy and so he goes up to uh to like find buddy's name like steve coogan and be like hey like we're gonna get towed like i need the car keys didn't even leave him the car keys yes like, yeah and, uh, and he's, like, naked and he's with the ballerina. And, like, Ned doesn't even, isn't even like, what the hell are you doing? You're, like, married to my sister. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry if that's, like, your creative process. Yeah. I just need the car keys. Yeah. And then it isn't until, like, much later when he's talking to Elizabeth Banks where he's like, you know, I thought something was yeah. weird there. <laughs> Seems strange. <laughs> and then all the sisters are, like, having a little, like, catch up or whatever and they're chatting. And, and they're, like, going in on Liz where it's like well you look like a fucking troll right you, like tried to not look like a troll and then it's like I realize like he's totally in the wrong but also you're a troll right and it's like he gets and also you're raising two kids and sometimes you just need to look like a troll right yeah I look like a troll right now and I don't have kids well you have like three furry kids though okay so I'll take it yeah there you go again Elizabeth Banks who I just I don't know she doesn't have a name she's just Elizabeth Banks uh, she goes, she's talking to someone and I think it's someone from like Vanity Fair cause she's trying to like write this story, but yeah. she's got so many like confidentiality clauses and she's like, I can't write a good story cause like, you know, yeah. I can't like get at the truth. Whereas like Ned has gotten at all the truth cause he's just like being a dude, just like yeah. talking to people. And he's like, no, I can't like, I can't give you that scoop because that was told to me in, in confidentiality. Right. And so like the lawyers get involved at Vanity Fair and they're like, yep, yeah, nope, this story's gone. We can't do anything about it. And she goes, my, well, it's just, my brother's a complete R word. And it's like, yes, Ugh. I actually was going to text you and I'm like, give uh, you a heads up for a, an oof. And then, so I, so I was like, my brother is an R word. Oof. And then he goes, it's true. And it's like, oh, double oof. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, as I was watching that again, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then cut to uh, Natalie. We go back to her scene, and she just always has raccoon eyes. Like, just wash your face and get a Q-tip and just, like, go under your eye. 
Because I feel like it's not even like a, this is a look. Yeah. I feel like it's a, like, I slept in everything on me right now. I think that's the point it's trying to make. That's true. Yeah. As I'm saying that out loud, it's like, no, that's, it's, it's, that's it's how she is. emphasizing her hot mess. Hot mess express. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um... Yeah, so she, and then with, with the artist guy that she's been working with, she has a one-night stand, and then she gets pregnant, because of course. Of course. And so she kind of, like, goes through, like, part of the movie, like, keeping it a secret, even though she, like, tells Ned, which, like, we've learned, like, don't tell Ned anything, because yeah. he has no internal monologue, right. or, like, no, like, filter. No, like, like, should I say this? Yeah, it's like, well, someone else told me this, so it's okay to say it, so then I said it. So he, like, accidentally let slip to uh, Natalie's girlfriend, who, like, didn't know about it, and she, of course, you know loses her mind yeah rightfully so but um natalie's all like i can't have my baby i can't have this baby i ruined my life and it's like it's 2011 you're a white lady you live in new york city i feel like your family's kind of rich yeah you have options yeah multiple options yeah yeah Yeah. i am once this weekend i've already described myself as a swamp witch so i'm just going with it (laughs) If someone is, like, not planning to have a baby and they just accidentally get pregnant and they're not, like, a super fundamentalist, like, Christian or anything, I am shocked when they don't just say, and I'm going to have an abortion <laughs> I know so many single women who just, like, accidentally got pregnant. Yeah. And, like, they've, like, started a family since then, but they're just like, ooh, I'm, like, a little bit too young and I'm, like, accidentally pregnant. And it's like... And when's the abortion? Oh, you're just doing this now? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just, like, so, like, anti-kids and kids just ruin everything. But it's like, oh, you're just, you're just going to have a kid now. Okay, cool. See you never. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, really surprised when she just, like, had the baby. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have it, like, in the movie, but, like, there's, like, a, like a, a credit scene yeah. where they show her having the baby or whatever. It's like, okay. I guess that's just what you're doing now. Are you know? Are your six roommates in that New York City postage stamp sized apartment? Right. Are they cool with that too? What's one more roommate? Yeah, right. Um, so this movie is amazing in that it made me hate Steve Coogan. I don't think I've ever hated him in a movie. I've yeah, always been like, yeah. oh, like that guy's kind of like weird or like you know he's this or that. But I'm never just like, oh, I just fucking hate you. Like yeah. even before oh, he was he- like cheating on his wife just like the way he interacted with ned it's just like i hate you so, so much smug and smarmy yeah. and, and it's just like i don't think i've ever hated him in a movie before what's going on <laughs> we go back to the farm where uh ned is supposed to be going to kind of do this like sneak attack to get yeah. Willie nelson back because janet and tj miller are supposed to be going to see the dixie chicks and it's like, oh, no, man, that show's, like, next Thursday. So, like, we're here today. And Ned is like, you told me last week that the Dixie Chicks was next Thursday. Yeah, man, next Thursday. And it's like, talking to people who smoke a lot of weed is <laughs> fucking exhausting. Yeah. I work with people that smoke a lot of weed. And it's like, why am I even telling you this? I'm going to have to fucking repeat myself next week. Yeah. And it's one thing when it's like, just like a person that you're just talking to like socially, but when it's a work thing and I have to like constantly remind people of the same thing, it's like, I fucking hate this. Cause I am babysitting a toddler right. yeah. that I, that I, what, who, that I work with. Yeah. Like, a 40 year old toddler. It is so like just exhausting. Yeah. I hate it. Um, and then they're, uh, they're back at, at the mom's house. Cause, uh, 
Ned is back there. And he's like, I guess I'll stay at my mom's house for a little bit. Cause like all my sisters have kind of thrown me out. So yeah. I'm back at mom's house. And, and the mom is very like, yeah, like you can stay here. Like, it's fine. Like the mom had very like no agenda. She's just like, I've raised three daughters who are insane, but you know, my son can hang out here and just like vibe in his like single bed in his, <laughs> childhood, his childhood bedroom. bedroom that I tuck him in with my glass of wine every night. <laughs> and they kind of allude to how they have this sort of uh, like little tradition after dinner where it's like we have dessert and we play charades. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's really that's cute. cute. And like the sisters are just like, everything is awful. This is fucking stupid. I hate it. Like, They're I'm all not- mad because Ned has ruined each of their lives in some way when really they ruined their own lives. Yeah, and yeah. It's like that. It's not Ned's fault. It's like that meme that's come out of the Eric Andre show where it's like they sh- he shows like someone like being shot and it's like he- he's the person who like did the shooting but it's like how could someone have ever done this and it's like you you are like the architect of your own chaos yeah. <laughs> it's not someone else's <clears throat> fault so yeah so the sisters are just like this is the worst and um and like Ned is like fucking had it, like nice guy in the nicest guy in the world, and he's just like, can we not just have a nice fucking night? Like you don't have to like act like you're the coolest person in the fucking planet. Yeah. Like your six year old nephew is trying to do his charades, but you don't have to like guess it instantly. Like, yeah. You know, let him let play. Let the kid fucking play. And he just he's just like, I just want to have a nice fucking night with my family and like just play charades. Is that too much to ask for? And I was like. Well, I guess I'm going to cry about charades now. <laughs> yeah, it was like that That scene like really got me. It's just like, yeah, like not everything has to have like a fucking facade on it. Yeah. And that is like very much Ned where it's like what you see is like what you get. Like I'm just I'm just a groovy dude with a really cool tune. <laughs> Who and... likes to spend time with my family. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like and his, and his dog and just, you know, he just, he just wants to vibe. It's totally cool <laughs> for him. Yeah. But then the... Uh, his parole officer shows up like kind of right after that outburst because he had accidentally let slip that he was like, oh man, then I like totally fucked up and I like smoked some weed the other day. And his parole officer is like, you can't tell me that. Yeah. And he's like, what, that I smoked some weed? Because I smoked some weed. And it's like, stop saying the word. <laughs> so he shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm taking you back to jail. And he's like, oh man. And then he gets to jail and his like family comes to bail him out. And he's like, nah, fuck you guys. I'd rather yeah. stay in jail. Well... At least it's probably more peaceful. <laughs> this is true, yeah. But then they, uh, they're like, oh, I know what can get him out of jail. And they finally go and they rescue Willie Nelson and bring the dog to the jail, who's just allowed to, like, run down like, yeah, the jail I'm sure that would happen. by himself and goes directly to where Ned is. And he's like, oh, it's Willie Nelson. Uh, you're <laughs> worth living for. And so he gets out of jail because Willie Nelson is free. And then, and then I just wrote... And then in the end, Ned and uh, Brackett's other guy, <laughs> Billy, own, Billy own a candle shop. And it's like, that is like adorable. We're like, hey, we have like lots of things in common. But you know what? Like the main thing in common that we have, we both fucking hate Janet. Right. Let's get rid of her and make our own like heterosexual life mate. Absolutely. Candle shop. And it's, it's like the perfect job for them. Although <laughs> I can't imagine that like the business end of that is just... <laughs> chaos yeah because even if you're in like rural new york it's still gonna be expensive yeah well and just like to like people who are just like smoke weed all day every day and aren't the smartest people to begin with and like you're running a business you need a you need a business manager you need something 
Um, so I kind of figured like that was the end of the movie and I was like, oh, like what a sweet little ending. Like this is like the perfect ending for Ned. Like I like, yeah. it. he doesn't have to like, you know, clearly like New York was not the fit for him. And so he wants to go back to that small little town and just like do his own thing that isn't like all like hustle and bustle yeah. and everything. And he's like, oh, Willie Nelson. Like I got my dog here, Willie Nelson. He's like, where's Willie Nelson? And he like goes in the kitchen. He's like, Willie. And I was like. If that dog is fucking dead, I am done with this movie. Or I think the first time I saw it, I thought that maybe um, Janet came back and stole him mm. or something. I was sure. Because he was kind of like looking like into the kitchen. And I was like, that dog is lying on the kitchen floor and it's dead. And what a fucking way to end this movie. Right? I was like, That would have been awful. I was so angry for like two seconds. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, he's just going to like chase the dog all over town, like trying to get it back. And then uh, the dog is just, like, in the park. And I was like, oh, okay, he just ran away. Dolly Parton! Because then he meets, like, another dog. Yeah. And that dog's name is Dolly Parton. And he's like, oh, I know that we are meant to be. Because we Absolutely. both name our dogs doofy things based on country singers. <laughs> and uh, I just ended, like, with, well, fuck, I like Paul Rudd in this movie a lot. <laughs> that Yeah, I, when we... We're talking about Paul Rudd. There are a number of movies I could have picked, but I love him in this movie. Yeah. I love he's just so like sweet and earnest. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like there's just like no agenda there. It's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm just like And how refreshing would it be to interact with somebody with no agenda? For sure. Yeah. Like what they say is like truly like, you know, you don't like come away from a conversation being like, Well, they said that, but like do they actually yeah. mean that or whatever? It's like, no, like you can count on what he says is like what's actually going on in his dome. Yeah. So, yeah. So I gave this seven cargo shorts out of ten. Aw. Yeah. Yay. Um, so I just have a couple other little fun facts yeah. that are apparently all people who acted with other people. Oh, really okay. Did. Fair enough. So I talked about Elizabeth Banks and Paul Rudd playing siblings and then couples in other movies. Rashida Jones and Paul Rudd previously oh. played a couple in I Love You, Man. Oh, okay. Which I feel like, have you seen that? I feel like we talked about that one. That's the one with Jason Segel, and he's his groomsman. Is that the Slap the Bass movie? Yes. Okay, I've seen that. <laughs> slap the Bass. <laughs> um, which I could never get fully behind because I don't like Rush, and they're obsessed with Rush. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck that noise. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Paul Red, Rashida Jones... Catherine Hahn and Adam Scott all acted in uh, Parks and Recreation. Paul Rudd and Catherine Hahn joined um, during the 2012 season. I don't remember him being in that show at all. He was like some politician-y guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, okay. wasn't, it yeah. wasn't a huge role, yeah, but he was no, in it for like a while. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and ironically, Catherine Hahn's character in the show was very supportive of Paul Rudd's character, a complete turnaround from the dynamics in this film. And which one is Catherine Hahn? Uh, Janet. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she was Janet, and then in Parks and Rec, she was like the political consultant. Yes, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I don't know the TikToker's name. If I ever find it, maybe yeah. I'll share it or whatever. But there's a, a movie page that I see quite often, mm. and I saw two videos like a couple days apart from each other, which one was like... Um, Movies that had characters cast that, that fans were like, yes, that's the perfect person. Yeah. And then the next one was like movies that people, when they heard about, and I, it was worded much more yeah. succinctly, but um, where the 
fans of the like book series or whatever it was based on thought that it was a horrible mm. casting, yeah. but then it ended up being great. And one of them was Bridget Jones. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm like, but if you were to cast out, because the big controversy there was that she wasn't British. Right. And I'm like, what British actress would have played Bridget mm. Jones really well? Yeah. Emily Mortimer, the one that played Liz so? in this movie. She's yeah. British in real life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she could have been a good Bridget yeah, Jones. Maybe. She does like, no shade to Emily Mortimer, but she does mousy very well. She does, mo- yeah. And, and, yeah, I feel like Bridget Jones has a little bit of mousiness, but then, yes. yeah, like, I feel like she could get the good confidence boost, too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I think that if you were to be, like, strict about casting all Brits in yeah, it, yeah. that she would have been the Yeah, pick. that could be good. Um, also, when you mentioned all the, like, Parks and Rec people, I didn't write in, like, my entire, like, thing in notes how much I love Adam Scott. I, I love, love him. so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever watched Party Down? No, I haven't even heard of that one. It's um, it's another like got all these good comedic actors. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in it, and then oh, I love her, and her name's not coming to me. <laughs> Kate, I have to Google this quick. Mm. Um, anyway, it's about a bunch of like, it's about like Hollywood people who are some of them are struggling actors and stuff. Um, but they all work for this catering company mm. while they're struggling. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's funny. It's yeah. it was on for a long time. Mm. Um, oh, it's like a TV show. Yeah, it's oh, a okay. series. It was on for like a few seasons, and then. Um, oh, I feel like maybe I always see clips of this because it's got one of the guys. Lizzie Kaplan. That's the one I was. Lizzie Kaplan. Okay. Does it also have? This is like super niche now. If this isn't what I'm thinking of, does it also have one of the guys from like Freaks and Geeks in it? Yes. Okay. Um, Martin Starr. Yes. Like, the really nerdy one from that yeah, show. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I've never yeah. seen it, but every time I see clips, I'm like, I should, I should seek that out. So I watched, like, one day when I was looking for a new thing to yeah. binge, I watched a good, like, four episodes yeah. or so. And I liked it. I'll, I'll get back into it. I just yeah. haven't really had a moment of wanting yeah. to sit down and binge something. Yeah. But yeah, it's got Adam Scott, Lizzie Kaplan, Ryan Hansen, Martin Starr is the one that's uh, Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Jane Lynch is in it, Megan mm-hmm. Mullally. Joey Lauren Adams. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it's got a really interesting cast. Yeah, and so it, it was on for a few seasons, and then it was off air for a long time, and oh, now okay. they just, like, in the last year or so, mm-hmm. made a new season. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's kind of the cool thing about streaming. It's like, oh, we didn't do this for a while, but, yeah. Well, Let's pick it back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Everybody's when, available right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when Mad Men went on hiatus for, like, two years. And then it came back. Oh, really? I didn't know Yeah, that. and, like, John Hamm was, like, making, like, some movie or whatever. Oh. So I think his, like, available, availability wasn't there. <laughs> and then, like, the, I can't remember what movie it was, but the movie, like, came out. And I remember thinking, this, this is, is why we didn't get Mad Men for, for two years. Oh, it really? was just I can't think of what it was, but it was not good. Yeah. So. Was it Bridesmaids? I don't know. He was in Bridesmaids, was but... He? Just a few scenes, so it wouldn't have no, been. No, this was like else. a starring role. Oh, like it was something that would have like taken up like enough time that they had to put it on hiatus. And mm. it's like, okay, that's that, that was a choice. Not worth it. A choice. Yeah, but um, speaking of Adam Scott, uh, he is in uh, Krampus, and we can oh. totally watch Krampus. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird movie, <laughs> but I enjoy the Krampus. All right, we'll put it on the list. Yes. 
Now, we will move on to part two of Paul Rudd, the Rudning, <laughs> um, to just a hot mess express. <laughs> I rewatched this movie last night, and I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was like, wow. So, my sister and her husband were in town last night, and we all got together at my parents for mm-hmm. coffee this morning before they headed back home, and they were talking about, she always likes to watch the movies yeah, along yeah. with us and she she doesn't often watch my picks but they'll always oh, watch okay. yours or yeah. like most of the time and they watched both of them this time and she described them both as challenging watches uh, <laughs> yes yes and uh and she said that when she was telling henry what uh what movie they were watching for the halloween one okay. he was like are you sure is it is it Friday the 13th 6? Because that's a good one. Like, <laughs> like you had a real hard time believing that this was the movie we were watching. Yeah, no, we watched Halloween Part 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> Did you uh, know anything about this movie going into it? I had a strong suspicion Michael Myers would come into play. Fair. And that Paul Rudd was in it. Okay, well, that is about all you need to know. I think that's about the plot anyway. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, is a 1995 film. It was directed by Joe Chappelle, who is uh, best known as directing several episodes of The Wire. Mm. And he also did, like, CSI Miami a lot, I saw. Mm. So, it stars Donald Pleasance, Paul Stephen Rudd, introducing Paul Stephen Rudd, and Marianne Hogan. It had a budget of $5 million and made $15.1 million at the box office. But then I'm seeing everywhere where it's like, it flopped at the box office. And it's like, but it tripled its budget. Yeah, like that's it, not a flop. Yeah, it like made its, like it didn't make a ton of movie, a ton of money, but on a $5 million budget? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a successful movie. It paid for movie. itself. Yeah. Times three, yeah. And I um, mean, it's part six in a horror like series it's not going to do, like, insane numbers, yeah, you know? Yeah, so. This is for the the horror nerds. It's for someone. <laughs> I don't know. It's maybe for the Paul Red nerds. Um, sorry, what year did you say it was? 1995. Okay. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes had a 37 audience score and an 8 on the tomato <laughs> meter. Uh, scoring a little bit better, well, kind of, sort of, uh, Metas, Metacritic have a 10 Metascore, but a 7.6 user score. Oh, wow. So that's a bit more respectable. <laughs> like, 7.6, that's like a decent, you know, number. Yeah. But a 10, oof. Ouch. That is, that is bad. Um, so, because it's part six in a series, it was hard to find any, like, reviews. Yeah. People were just like, this happened. what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's what the whole movie was. Like, yeah, it's Michael Myers. What more do you want? <laughs> so um, I did find uh, Empire Online gave it one star and just called it another soul, another soulless, pointless ripoff. Um, Uncle Roger didn't even touch this. He oh, was like, yeah. I'm not no, going to waste I'm my not. time. Like, I'm, I'm Roger Ebert. I'm better than this. <laughs> so um, I usually like to do like contemporary reviews, yeah. but I couldn't really find anything this time. But I did find um, allhorror.com. They said, Halloween 6 gives more than a few nods to the original, such things as the boy dropping the pumpkin and the sheets blowing on the clothesline. So it feels like a Halloween movie in that way. But the style of horror took a hard left turn. Instead of slow-mounting dread and creative suspense, this Halloween is all about jump scares and cliché tropes. 
But I get it. This Halloween came out in 1995. They couldn't exactly throw 1978-style horror at people. More movie styles have to evolve. And in the end, their last little note was, worth watching? Meh, I don't really think so. It just feels like a cookie-cutter 90s horror. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is what I have for facts. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a synopsis? It's like it was- the flyers, what do you want? <laughs> well, that's better than what I've got written here. Um, I have actually like a two-page synopsis, synopsis written oh. for a movie that I kind of found hard to follow. I am familiar with the Michael Myers lore, and I found it hard to follow. <laughs> um So I said, it's almost Halloween and we see the family that lives in the Myers house getting ready. Rumors abound about Michael Myers returning. Most people think think it's rumors or legend, but a few people believe it, including Tommy, um, who was being babysat by Lori on that fateful Halloween night. Uh, He's seen some shit and he feels he's the only one who can stop him. As expected, Michael Myers returns to the house and starts picking people off one by one. Tommy and Kara, the daughter of the... Uh, family that lives in the house team up to stop him saving themselves and Kara's son oh and did I mention Lori's daughter Jamie had a baby at the beginning who came into Tommy's hands so they have to save him too Uh, this comes to its conclusion with Tommy saving the day and quote-unquote killing Michael Myers although we've seen how that's worked in the past Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, this movie, there were so many, like, little, like, things, and it's sort of like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a thing. Oh, I forgot that, too. And then halfway through, I was like, should we have watched other Halloweens before this one? And then I was like, yes, no? Like, there, yeah, I, I totally can see that, because there were definitely things where I'm like, I feel like there would have been context for, like, Lori's, ba- Lori's kid, Jamie, or whatever, yeah. which... Do you think that she was named Jamie on purpose to, like, she pay was. homage to... Also, like, because she, like, is in parts four and five. Oh, like, okay. Jamie as a kid. Yeah. But it was very retconned. It was, like, in the first one, uh, like, Lori was not adopted or, or like, however... how The, the fucking, like, subplot is, like, so, <laughs> like... It's, like, she was adopted, but she wasn't, but she didn't know, but... And then she has this other kid here, and she was also adopted. And it's like, none of that mm. is like what you would call canon. Oh, but, okay. You know, they were just like, we're making a movie, and wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah. And it's like, That's kind of what I thought, too. I'm like, I feel like there's context that I'm missing, but I don't know that it would help. It Yeah. It's like, it's a fine enough movie on its own. Yeah, it you didn't feel like little, it needed any. Yeah, yeah. You, like, if you had, like, the background story, you'd be like, oh, okay. Like, it's, and, that happened. And they kind of use the radio DJs as a device to tell you some of that story, I think, yeah, too. So. Yeah, yeah, It's like, here's some exposition, and then we got the news <laughs> at 10. Um, so I do have a, a... I was surprised at, like, the, the fun facts that I could find, because I was like, I'm not going to find anything. Yeah. Like, there's... It's a Michael Myers movie. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> so I did find that um, John Carpenter, who was the original uh, director and writer yeah. of Halloween and famously curmudgeonly old man... <laughs> He really wanted to direct it with a new line, but he was outbid by Miramax. And he wanted it to be set at a space station. Oh. And um, there is a line in the movie where, like, the, the like, radio guy yeah. was, like, I can't remember what he says. He says something about, like, going to space or yeah. being in space yeah. or whatever. And it's and it's and that's supposed to be kind of like a callback to be, like, oh, yeah, you wanted to make this movie, John Carpenter, but fuck you and your space monster. Like, <laughs> we're not doing that. 
And then interestingly enough, a few years later, uh, Jason Voorhees goes to space. I might even actually have caught that and Ooh, made notes I, I, on I am impressed. That's great. So um, there are other ones that I can, I will um, kind of throw in as we go. Sure. So why don't you go ahead and give me all your thoughts and feelings on Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. So the movie starts out, the very opening scenes are like a woman screaming on a gurney going through these like flashing lights. And I'm like, it feels like very like of a certain time. Yes. Yeah. Um, just that, that whole visual, yeah. the flashy lights and stuff. Um, and then I'm like, oh, it's a birth scene. Deanne's favorite. Although it I, wasn't like a graphic Yeah, it, one, it was so. just like, you can tell a woman is giving birth because she's just constantly screaming. Right, yeah. yeah. And then we hear like this kind of narrator voice and I'm like, oh, that's Paul Red's voice if I ever heard yeah, it. So yeah. it's like, oh, there he is. Because I wasn't sure. I knew he was in this, but I wasn't sure how much of a role he played. Oh, in it. Was yeah, he just yeah, like yeah. a bit character or whatever? Yeah. This um, was his... His on-screen debut. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, he looked like a baby. Yeah. And then I was like, so is Michael part of the occult? Like, they're kidnapping this baby and, like, doing ritually looking stuff to him. And I'm like... He is in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't... Like, he's not the the kind of horror villain that you would expect for that. Like, there's different... Different ki- kinds, right? Yeah. Like, like, he seems like just a straight up, like, evil dude doing evil dude shit, yeah, like, yeah. that doesn't need some dark spirits motivation. Yes. And that was a lot of, like, people's sort of, like, take from it. It's like, what, what, what is this? Yeah, why, where did why, this why come is this from? here? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they, they've got this baby laid out and they're drawing in blood on his stomach or whatever. Uh, and I'm like... That is no fucking newborn. That's a three-month-old right? baby. Like, no wonder the no wonder Jamie was screaming so much. Like, yeah, that's that is a, a giant fucking kid. Fifteen pounds. That kid baby. is going to kindergarten next month. Right. <laughs> Which is a very very common thing when they show newborns oh, yeah. on any like TV shows or like I remember watching soap operas and stuff mm-hmm. and with my babysitter when I was a kid and yeah. even then like being pointed out like that is a three-month-old yes, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and uh, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, this acting is real top notch. The nurse telling the telling Jamie, go save your baby. And right? it's just like yeah. the cheesiest acting. And Jamie's like, I just gave very traumatic birth to a ginormous child. But I'm, I'm, ju- running I'm just like, going to run like yeah. up the stairs and like through this yeah. hallway, barefoot, totally fine. I don't even know if she's past the placenta at that point. Probably not, no. <laughs> um, so then... Um, Michael Myers shows up and he finds the nurse in the hallway and impales her on a spike on the wall. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a very conveniently located spike. It, like, it just happened to be right above where she stopped and he impales her on it, which then gave me flashbacks to a terrible movie I watched years ago called Very Bad Things. Okay. <clears throat> it's got like Christian Slater and Ooh. Jeremy Piven, I think. Wow. I can't think of who else, but it's about a bunch of guys who... Um, Go to Vegas or something. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's, it's, this is like probably the pre the hangover. Oh, okay. Because it's about a bunch of guys that go to Vegas for a bachelor party. But um, in this version, one of the actors is screwing a hooker up against the back of a door in a bathroom and oh. impales her on like 
a coat hook and she dies. Oh, geez. Did I say hooker? It's you sure the, did. The, Whatever. The, uh, it's, it, it's the like, spirit of the movie. Yes. That was very much. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the the way that it was handled in that movie. and uh, I just feel like you can tell that, like, a dude wrote that because it's like, dude, I nailed her so fucking hard. Yeah. She, it, like, went, like, a nail went right through her head. And uh, and then she died. And then, so the whole movie is, like, them trying to cover it up and whatever. I don't remember a lot of details, but I remember hating it to the core of my being because every conversation was talked like this and it was oh, just man. screaming all the time. I hate I it. I fucking hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Anyway, back to the movie yeah. at hand. Yeah. Um, oh, so then, yeah, we see, like, Michael Myers coming back to the town and whatever. And they're playing that, like, that music is so oh, iconic. Man. When, when like, I first started watching the movie, I was like, ooh, have I made a grave mistake? <laughs> why, why did we pick this? And then he, it's, like, that alley and he's coming out of, like, kind of what looks like a storm door or whatever. Because he's almost coming, like, out of the ground. Yeah. And there's, like the steam and it's all like in like blue and the music starts and I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like that. That music just sets mm-hmm. the scene so well. Um, oh, and when Jamie's running away with her baby too. So there was a very convenient spike in the wall. There was a very convenient gap in the fence. Yep. There are a few very convenient, things a very convenient truck with the keys and the ignition. Yes. Um, yeah, I said good old days when people left the keys in their trucks. Yeah. Um, and then we actually see Paul Rudd, and I'm like, oh, there he is, such he's a just baby. just a baby in this movie. And I know the yeah. whole, like, Paul Rudd shtick is that he never ages, yeah. but, like, if you look at him in this yes. movie compared yeah. to today, like, he still looks very young for yes. his age, and, yeah, and, yeah he's, uh, but, but, yeah, he, um, just such a baby face. Yeah. Did you know but, both his parents are from England? Yes, I did, actually. I was, I was, like, doing some research, and I was, like, reading up on him, and it's like, oh, first-generation American. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His, he's got this, like, very, like, serious, creepy voice, and it's so cheesy. Oh, man, he is, like... What but I like? loved it. I'm like, it's so cheesy, I love it. I was like, Tommy Doyle would have been great on Reddit if they had it in 1995, because <laughs> yes, yeah. he is just, like, prime Reddit troll. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then we hear the radio DJs, and they they, they made a comment about, I heard they shipped him off to space. And, uh, and I was like, oh, there's a, a movie where where he goes to space. And it took me a long time oh. to go, oh, no, because I still cross franchises. Ah, like, I still, okay. yeah, I can't keep that yeah. all straight. But, yeah, and it took me actually until well after I had finished watching it to go, yeah. oh, no, it wasn't him ah. that went to space. Yeah. But I'm like, but that's still an interesting little. It was, yeah. Um, and I, then I was starting to feel like this is really jumping around a lot yeah, and I'm yeah. having a hard time following it already. I feel like when they wrote the movie, they were like, okay, so this could happen and then this could happen and then this <laughs> and then this and then there's a cult and then And how do we tie it all together? It's, it's a Michael Myers movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jamie makes it to the bus station. Mm-hmm. Where there is not a soul. No. It's open, yeah. but there is not a soul. Yeah. Um, and then she dies. Yes. Very gruesomely. Yes. And I was like, oh, she fought so hard. She did, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The nurse was like scared for a few minutes and then she died. Yeah. This woman like fought. She did, yeah. It's, it's the classic trope of like, oh, we're going to bring back this character from a previous movie. She is not going to make it into like more than halfway mm. through this movie. Um. But she also ended up on a very convenient spike. She did, yeah. Which, like, 
then he pressed a button and like they rotated. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like, even what, know what kind of what is that? It was like a trash compactor or something. Yeah, I don't know, I but don't it know. was it was uh, grim, gruesome. I said gruesome. Um. <laughs> so now we're in the town. We see the Myers house. And this grumpy old man taking an axe to chop, chop down. Oh, my God. A sign that a few little kids put up. That he could have just went like, bing. Yeah, I'm like, out of the um, thing. that was a little overkill. And especially the amount of chops it took to right? cut it down. Yeah, like, which just show, goes to show, like, he's like this, like, big, tough man. And then yeah. he's like, you can't even, like, chop down this fucking sign with in, like, two chops. Like, you're lame. Um... And then we see, so earlier we had seen a flash where this little kid saw, like, the kind of apparition of Michael Myers kind yeah, of in the yeah. house. And, and I'm like, oh, that kid actually lives in the yeah. Myers house. Um, so we see the scene where they're all at breakfast getting ready to go to school and it's Halloween and the little kid's dressed up like his uncle who's, like, yeah. local celebrity or whatever. Yeah. And the dad comes in and isn't he just charming? Oh, my God, this fucking guy. They're leaving for school, and the uh, the brother's girlfriend, who lives across the street in, like, a boarding house kind of thing, I think, yeah. or just, like, a rental. I don't know if she lives in that house. Oh, I thought she, she did, because she said, because the, um, Kara said something about living across the hall from... Oh, yeah. No, you're right. That's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we see Paul Red leering out the window at yeah. them, at the, the, um... This movie had a lot of like, oh, that's going to come back into yeah, relevance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she makes a comment about um, the old lady wouldn't hear a truck if it drove through her living room. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like that's going to be relevant. Oh, yeah. It kind of, it came into play one more time where like they were talking to her and she walked by, but it didn't as much as I thought yeah, it might. Yeah, there was no truck driving through the living room. Yeah. Well, I didn't think there would be a truck driving mm, through the right. living room, but I thought there might like be a murder behind uh, her back that yeah, she wasn't yeah, yeah. hearing yeah. or something. Um, and then I'm like, oh, Paul Red is Tommy. Was he the, the boy in the first movie? And then I was like, but I think I, I was remembering a different boy in a different scene, mm. um, in a different franchise. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I might be crossing franchises uh, okay. here, but yeah, I, but then I, I was like, yeah, he was, Laurie was babysitting. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that he played Tommy in that movie until like. I was watching it again, and I was like, oh, that's weird that they called him Tommy. Oh, he's Tommy Doyle. Oh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, so I got myself a little confused for a second, mm-hmm. but I got back on okay, track with that go. one. <laughs> and he goes, he's trying to, you know, sleuth things out, and he yeah. goes back to the um, bus station, and he sees blood on the floor and blood in the sink that nobody else has seen. No, and it, no. the, the bus station is very busy at this point. Yes, yeah. Um, but he finds this the baby yeah. in a cabinet. Yeah. Um, and he's trying Who to... Who has it, got to be starving to yes, death by yeah, now. Yeah, I, uh, I have definitely made that comment too. That, but yeah, he picks up the baby and he's kind of like very unnatural with the baby, which you would yes. expect a teenage boy yeah. to not be yeah. supernatural with a baby. But um, he says, it's okay, man. <laughs> Listen, I got this dog. His name is Willie Nelson. You're going to fucking love him. But I was like, that is a very Paul Red thing to say. It's okay, man. And he goes to the hospital and he sees Dr. Loomis and recognizes him from the back of his head. Yeah. He's turned around and he's like, Dr. Loomis? Yes. And it's, yeah, like, it's like, I recognize He's just an old man. balding man. He could be anybody, but 
No, he recognizes that's that's famous. <laughs> um, so we go back to the house now, and we see the mom, Kara's mom, yeah. kind of getting creeped out in the house, and things are kind of. Mm-hmm. She didn't realize that they were in the Myers house, and then somebody told her and whatever. Yeah. But she's kind of cleaning up, and she picks up some paint and stuff that uh, that um, were on the porch. Mm-hmm. And she picks up the axe that the dad yeah. had. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that axe is going to be relevant. Yep. And then they're washing. She's doing laundry, and the washing machine goes on the fritz. And I'm yeah. like, that is also going to be relevant. <laughs> this washing machine is going to be clutch somehow. This whole movie is like, we've illustrated a brick wall. And here's like, the brick is a different <laughs> yes. color. Yeah. Keep that brick in mind. Yeah, it's going to fall out of the wall. <laughs> I love that. The Flintstones so was the worst yes. for that. Yeah. Oh, that boulder's about to fall. Yeah. Um, I'm like, the axe, the washing machine, everything is something. (laughs) Everything is something. Um, And then I was like, I don't think this baby has eaten since it was born. Like, it would be dead. Like, newborns are, like, fucking hungry. They They need to eat, eat, like, every couple hours. And it's been, like, a day. Yeah. And then I'm like, it seems like they think that Lori is dead. I can't even remember what the comments were that made me think that. But it makes you think that Lori is dead. And I'm like, I'm sure she's in future movies, so I don't know how that... uh... See, this is the thing, because part one and two went together, and then after that, they, like, retconned a lot of things. I don't know what that means. Um, Like, they, like, went back, and they're like, no, this is what actually happened, and it's like, but you did all that off screen, and it, like, doesn't Mm. have anything to do with how the original movie made, like, went, so you're just kind of, like, making things up to make, like, future movies make sense. Ah. Because... If you watch the future movies, they are supposed to be direct sequels to part one. Oh, okay. So then anything... <laughs> welcome so to So there's those. just a few oddballs in the Fuck, middle. it is. Yeah. And, th- and then for anyone who knows, part three is a whole other shit show that doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. Oh, really? Um, well, yeah. I, I wrote that and then I'm like, but I don't think any of this really matters. No. So I guess... In this timeline, Lori is dead, but in prime timeline, timeline she isn't. Okay, I can Just accept. I can accept um, <laughs> multiple timelines. Okay, fair. This is the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, Kara and Tommy has taken Kara and her son Danny to yeah. the um, to his place. Yeah. Where this old lady is like the landlord or whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she can have a full conversation with Danny. Right? With, like, a little kid who's going to have, like, a softer voice. Yeah. And she's just like, let me tell you everything about Halloween. Yeah. And I was like... But, like, there was a screaming baby in your house and you didn't hear anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I was like, the dad comes home and he's, like, still an asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot wait for the dad to get oh, Michael right? myers <laughs> And he should have been Michael Myers before the mom. Because, like, oh, justice yeah. for Mrs. Strode. Oh, she yeah. Was she like, was like, I love her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was a bummer. It was like, oh, you knew it was going to happen. But, yeah. like. And then, yeah, so he comes home and he's, like, trying to find the the mom and yeah. all mad that she hasn't made dinner, even right? though she's told him I'm leaving. And he was home late because he'd been out drinking. Yeah. And it's like, what did you want? Like, you didn't show up at dinner time, but now you're mad that there's no dinner? Yeah. Um, but then the washing machine starts going again that had been on the fritz before. And I'm like, is the mom 
in the washing yeah. machine. It was I just some bloody sheets. Like, pull her head out. Yeah, I, I really yeah. fully expected there to be like mum body parts in the mm. washer. But I was at least glad that the washing machine did come back into play. So I yes. was right about that. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, his whole ass head exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty graphic death. It was pretty good. Um, so now the. Uh, the kind of older kids, the college kids, or yeah. I guess they're, I said teenager earlier, but they're probably yeah young adults. Yeah. Um, and they're in in the town square for this big Halloween yeah. party thing. Um, and this famous radio DJ is yeah. coming to, like, be the main attraction. Yeah. Kind of like a Howard Stern kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Barry is gross. Yeah, not, he is. I was not sad to see him get Myers yeah, either. Yeah, he, he was, was in it for a very short. He got Myers very quickly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I was <laughs> the little girl standing under the tree going, it's raining. It's, it's raining, raining red. red. It's warm. I say that all the time. <laughs> it's raining red. Mommy, it's raining red. Um, I'll have to listen for that now. It's so funny when, you know, you say things and, and the other person doesn't get the reference. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't actually realize that it's a thing. But I was like, ooh, that is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like this little girl in this little like princess yeah, costume yeah, yeah. getting just covered bled in. on. Yeah. Oh. And then I had just had a random thought that I'm like, I feel like at least I know the baby's going to live because they need the bloodline to carry yeah, on. Yeah. There you go. Um, and I'm like, and I feel like Danny's going to have to live too. Yeah. I feel like there's a real thing in these movies, like these older horror movies with the names like Danny, Lori, Jamie, like they're all very like simple. Like it feels like similar names run through a lot of horror movies. Mm, Yeah. Um, I read a whole thing about like with like a similar theme with Dr. Loomis and apparently like the TV show, that they made of Psycho. It was uh, Bates Motel. Oh, yeah. Apparently, like, they retconned, like, Dr. Loomis in oh, that. Oh, really? And they were like, yes, Dr. Loomis uh, worked on on the uh, the Bates case, and then he moved to Haddonfield and became a child psychologist. And it's like, why why, why is that a thing? It didn't need to happen. That, that was, nobody asked for this. <clears throat> but, yeah, I was like, I feel like Danny's going to have to live, too. Like, I can't see them killing this little yeah weird, creepy kid. Yes, yeah. Um... And then I was like, wait, where's the baby? They're all in the square. And I'm like, does the old lady have the baby? We see that is not what happened shortly. But um, but I'm like, I really felt like the old lady was going to play into it more. I felt Mm. like she was going to come in clutch somehow. Yeah. Uh, But not really. No. Well, she did like, she did like, because she did something when like all the cult members that got to her house, didn't she kind of like stop Kara or something? She did something. And I feel, I feel like she isn't actually a deaf old lady. I've, I felt like that too. I felt like there was more to her and I wish yeah. they had kind of fleshed like, that out Because I feel like like when the more. cult showed up, like I feel like they showed up because she like tipped them off or mm. something. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, is Paul Rudd going to be the final girl? <laughs> um. So they're they're like at the hospital now and Michael Myers is chasing them through the halls and he punches his way through a door and I'm like, yeah. well, that's one way to get through a door. Just brute, brute force. That's uh, how he does it. 
And I didn't take many more notes from here on mm-hmm. where kind of like all the action was at the end and mm-hmm. they're trying to get away from Michael Myers and then they're trying to like kill him and stuff. Yeah. And I just said, go Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we see all the shady stuff happening at the hospital and they, they run and fight and run and fight. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Paul Rudd, um, like injects some sort of something into yeah. him and then beats him with a pipe yeah and he beats him and beats him and beats him and then he stops and he's like okay he's dead and then he gives him one more good whack yeah. like he's just so mad and then he pulls back that pipe at the end to throw it down not a drop of blood on it <laughs> um but i was like my last thought on it was um chop his whole fucking head off right or something like never trust that michael myers is dead except for I can't remember which one it is, but they did chop his whole ass head off once, and then he still came back because <laughs> oh. psych, it wasn't actually Michael Myers. Right? Yes. He he switched the body with I an think that EMT. Was, was that, that was one? the first one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they do it in another one too. But I'm like, you have to kill him deader. No. Yeah. There, there's no way to kill him deader. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was my kind of final thought. It was. It was. Yeah, it was a bit of a hot mess, it was a and it choice. was it was um, it was kind of hard to follow, and like I really didn't understand what they were talking about mm-hmm. with the occult kind of stuff yeah. and everything. And I feel like they didn't understand. Yeah, I what think they were so too. It was like, oh, these runes, and like, well, and like I am not like an expert on like runes. It's not like my flavor of like paganism. Yeah. But the one like rune that they like really use, the one that kind of looks like a letter P, yeah. and they're like, it stands for thorn, and it's like. It stands for Thor, <laughs> not Thorna, unless there's like some other reading of it. I don't Maybe know, there, but it's yeah, like who knows? that's the symbol for Thor. Well, and they even talk about like they talk about like this is Michael Myers' symbol, and it's like really because I feel like I would have never heard it until. Right now. <laughs> and I mean, granted, this is only the second one that I've watched, yeah. but it. Um, I feel like if that were part of the canon, it would be in popular culture somewhere yes. like i would have seen it yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. Or other. exactly um there was one scene before i get to my score here mm-hmm. that when they're in the hospital close to the end and it's like common lore that the michael myers mask is a william shatner uh-huh, one uh-huh. and there's one scene where you see him like standing in profile yeah. and he's like just standing yeah. there for a good minute and i'm like i can really see that in yeah? that scene yeah nice. um but anyway so it was like it was not a I can't get that time back. It wasn't yeah. a, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it was really cheesy and really hard to follow. So, But I did enjoy the Paul Rudd aspect. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, I gave it four out of ten washing hey, machines. Okay. Yeah, four out of ten washing machines. I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's like, with the whole like runes and the cult and everything, there's a part in the movie where um, the brother, I can't think of it, Tommy, Billy, Jimmy, whatever. Yeah, I can't even remember. Him. Like the the, the older teenage brother. Yeah. Um, he's like having a shower and he's saying to his girlfriend, like, babe, bring me a towel. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get into the bathroom and bring your own towel, but whatever. Right. And, um, Where are you when I need you? Yeah. And like Michael Myers is like handing him the towel and he like holds it out like this. And you see the rune on his, on his wrist. And yeah. And it's like, I have so many questions about this tattoo. Because he didn't have it as a child and he's been institutionalized yeah, so since he was a child. Yeah, so who tattooed you? Who's getting a tattoo? Who's giving him a tattoo? Who is crazy enough to say, yes, Michael Myers, I will tattoo you. (laughs) And then, like, 
he's mute. Like, how was, th- who, who did he, like, express interest right. in getting a, a runic tattoo? Maybe he just, like, carved it into his own wrist. I mean, maybe, but it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watching that part, it's just like, I have questions about yeah. this tattoo. I don't, uh, I don't know about that. That's funny. And then the other thing I noticed was when they're in um, Tommy's conspiracy room and he's talking all about, like, Here's the lore about this. And then on the, on the, on Halloween day, we, this happens and the, the cycle starts anew yeah. or whatever. And he's talking about, um, Halloween day where he's like, and on the, on the pagan holiday of Sam Hain. And it's like, if you know anything That's about pagan a- holidays, you would know that is pronounced Samhain. Yes. Even I knew that. Right? Just um, like, ugh. There was one other thing that, that. That I noticed a couple times in this movie that is, like, such a thread through a lot of the horror movies is, like, there were multiple times where Danny was trying to get his mom's attention to, like, point out that something was going on and she, like, brushed him off. And it's, like, when will you people learn that you need to listen to these kids when they're trying to point something out to you? Yeah. No, it's just your imagination, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you never watched X-Files, but the whole, uh, what's he called? I think he's called, like, the Thorn Man, like the, like the guy who like appears in like Danny's bedroom and he's turns out he's like Dr. Wynn and he's got like the hat and then like the jacket on. Mm. Um it's like, ooh, that is shades of like cigarette smoking man. Oh yeah. Where he just kind of like, shows up in the shadows. I and... am uh, I am familiar with the yeah. smoking man. Yeah. I never watched X Files, but my mm. sister was obsessed yeah. with it. Yeah. So so good. I definitely saw some episodes. Yeah. So this movie um... I hope the smoking man's in this one. <laughs> <laughs> So this movie was followed up by um, Halloween H2O, which is like the 20th anniversary okay, of yeah. Halloween. It uh, came out in 1998. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is back in it. It's like, it is the sequel to part one. So it kind of shows like how uh, Laurie Strode kind of went on with her life. Yeah. Um, I really like it. It's set in a boarding school. I've actually seen Have it. Have you seen that one? Yeah. I know. I remember last time we talked about it, you were like, I don't know if I've seen it or not. I'm but... pretty sure. Yeah. Now that I think hard about it, I'm yeah. pretty sure I've yeah. seen that one. Yeah. So I quite enjoyed that one. And then it set up uh, for the next movie, which is Halloween Resurrection. And what is better than putting Paul Rudd in a Halloween movie? Putting Busta Rhymes in a <laughs> Halloween movie. <laughs> And I think Excellent. it has like I think it has like a reality I think it has like a reality TV bent to it like <laughs> yo dog we gotta spend like twenty four hours in the Strode house and you'll win it, like X number of dollars to it's, do it uh, it has to have been the H two O one that I've seen because I know for sure I have seen one with adult Jamie Lee Curtis in it okay so. and it had like Josh Hartnett and Michelle Williams in it mm, okay maybe yeah but yeah the more I think about it I, I unless, think that unless that you've is seen what... like. Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Those are like the new ones. No, no, I don't think it was that recently. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, it would have been that one. But, yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to add was that um, this was Donald Pleasance's last movie. I saw in the credits that it was In Loving Memory. Yeah. So, they filmed it in September and October of 1994, and he died in February of 1995. Oh. And then the movie came out in February or... Uh, October of 1995. I feel like it's sad that he wouldn't have been in any more of them in the future because yeah. he is such a like part of the. He, the movie. he really is. Yeah, 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 for sure. We are at the forty. Oh, I lost it now. What is it? It's the forty-fifth anniversary of Halloween oh, this year. Wow. So yeah, 
Almost 50 years of getting Michael Myers. <laughs> almost 50 years of Michael Myers, and we are at almost 50 episodes of Love and Horror. That's crazy. 50 episodes. 100 movies now. That is. That's a lot of movies. Yes. So we're going to uh, to celebrate. We're going to do kind of a reverse. Bizarro. Bizarro, yeah. Horror and love. <laughs> horror and love. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> or a... Uh, Love and Laurer? I don't know. <laughs> Horror and love, I think. Horror. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll just stop it there. <laughs> yeah, so we um, picked movies in the other's genre this yeah. time. So what are you making me watch? I am making you watch the classic, Drop Dead Fred. You know, and it's so funny because I have never seen it. Mm-hmm. And in the last, like, couple weeks, yeah. I have seen, like, stills from it or or, like, references oh, no to way. it in so many like i've seen tiktoks and i've seen just like pictures on like if i'm looking for a gif like i know the character i know what he looks like so yeah, yeah like if i'm looking for a gift to send to my team there's been a drop dead fred one come up i'm so, like so you're just on like drop dead fred talk i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> once once we watch it you'll be like oh every other thing deanne ever says i understand <laughs> the reference now um And then, so I am making you watch Fatal Attraction. Mm -hmm. So, um, you can uh, review and subscribe, not necessarily in that order, but whatever. You do you. I'm not your mom. Um, On all your favorite podcatchers, five-star review would be pretty rad. Uh, You can check us out on Instagram at Love and Horror Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Hot Mess Express... (laughs) Uh, I'm on Instagram at Deanne Teresa. I'm on Instagram at calamity underscore Laura. Uh, oh, and we're also on threads where I, I thread every once in a while. Yeah, and we're on TikTok at Love and Horror where I post sometimes too. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you can send us an email at loveandhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Um, that means I left you with the coffee The coffee. <laughs> you can... Uh, Send us a few bucks on our coffee page, which is ko-fi slash love and horror podcast. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You can send us a couple of dollars if you want at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com slash love and horror podcast. So thanks for listening. And remember, all is fair in love and horror. If you go before me, I'll cremate you and I'll put you all in the same Fantastic. Hole. Just make a great big uh, jambalaya of ashes. Is Paul Rudd going to be the final girl?